0: I okay. feel mm-hmm. Welcome to the opinionated benchwarmers podcast episode 145 your boys is back in the building to do what we do best and that's discuss sports here we are fellas week nine can you believe it halfway through the NFL season and here we are you know we know the fate of our teams we see the fate of other teams we'll get into it all but first of all I'm gonna check on my brothers man how y'all feeling
1: nine weeks man you said it man it's it's, it's nuts that we are already in nine weeks has passed. we're going into week 10 it's it's i, I can't believe the season has fallen this fast i always i always feel the type of way about this because once the season is gone i'm always preparing and can't wait till it gets back so i'm trying to enjoy it before um, it ends on us
2: yeah no same here it's stuff it, it flies by then you start having other seasons that then kicked off and get rolling and all that good stuff um, I don't know this hasn't been the, the greatest NFL season for my particular squad so uh, I'm just kind of enjoying as a fan of the league in particular but um, yeah er- everything is good bro I'm not gonna hold us at all anything like that man we might as well just jump straight into it
0: yeah man let's get into it first of all we got to start with the biggest news of the evening the biggest sports news of this year Carson Wentz to Losers, L.A. Rams, he was signed this afternoon. You know, y'all took a big blow to the Packers this past weekend. Maybe he can redeem y'all's season. The playoff run begins now. Los, how do you feel, brother? We, I would let the, I would like the <laughs> listeners. No, we specifically
1: talk about not talking about the Rams on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, bro, we gotta,
0: we gotta talk about this, man. <laughs> My I know, team man, is struggling I know what right we now. said in the pre-production meeting, but this is real news. Like Carson Wentz <laughs> found the no home in LA. Wait, this uh, is b- no news. B-
2: before we go into it, I feel like this is a historic moment because this is the first time that Los has not. Try to make oh, it a Rams' podcast.
0: Oh, wow, this is
1: the first time. This, this is a this
2: historic is not... moment.
1: You know, y'all kick a man when he's down right now. Y'all just wait, wait to twenty twenty four. Y'all ain't gonna, y'all can't, y'all ain't gonna be able to hear enough of me in the Rams.
0: Just wait to twenty twenty four. Y'all, y'all get of, y'all kicks in now. We heard, an, we heard enough week one through week four. I think we can have uh, a little fun, but yeah, Carson Wentz is now the backup man to to Matthew Stafford, which is kind of like a full circle moment for so many reasons, when you think about Jared Goff and when you think about um, Carson Wentz and when he went in that same draft. Uh, but, I mean, it, it, it just seems that the Rams aren't laying down. I respect it. Where are you at with it, Los? I mean, it, it was a move that needed to be done.
1: After watching Brett ripping play this past week and, uh, you know, look, anything, not even a backup quarterback, it was just – it was – it was bad, you know, and I kind of feel for the guy because the, the fan base got on pretty hard and um, he played terrible. And You know, it was time to make a change, especially if Stafford is not going to be healthy and we don't know what he's going to be. The Rams are going into a bye this week. We don't know what he's going to be on the other side of that bye. So to bring in a guy to give him two weeks to prepare and to learn offense if Stafford is not ready, um, a guy that has played at a high level in this league. Now, his last recent years, Ramon can speak to this when he was on his time on the coach. He has not been good. So it's not there's nothing to really get excited about. But I think he can be better than what we had with Brett Rippen, and um, at least can be um, can get the ball out to these guys. Because I tell you what, my fantasy teams are hurting and I feel for all the players, the fantasy players out there. that got Rams players on their team. Things was looking great. Week one through five when Cooper Cup and Brett Ripping I'm sorry, Brett Ripping, when uh, Puka, was tearing it up, you know. Things is looking like championship. These last few weeks, we've been hurting. So I, I just want to say, my heart goes out to y'all. I'm hurting. I'm right there with y'all.
0: And he says that this is not a Rams podcast. He don't want to talk about it. But then he goes on this whole just stood like with a whole rant, Roman. What do you think about this guy?
2: Yeah. He can't help himself. Like once he get into the <laughs> flow, of him, he just, he just can't help himself. But I feel like, man, he covered that. I got nothing really to add to that. Uh, glad to see Carson Wentz uh, get an opportunity over there in LA. Uh, hopefully it works out for him.
0: Well, yeah, we, we, we just left week nine. I, I can't believe it. We are halfway through um, fantasy implications, my fantasy teams, both of the, those guys are in the playoffs as of now. So Got to finish strong to make sure I get in there. Um, but, you know, let's talk about regular NFL teams here. I mean, I think we could start with the Cincinnati Bengals. I think their emergence in the way that they started off this season, you know, you you went from guys questioning Joe Burrow and his ability to his health to if the Bengals could do anything, just dismissing the talent of this team. And, you know, rightfully so. I mean, the team started off really, really slow. Um, I want to say they lost their first four games, uh, but here they are uh, right now. Um, it, did I get that wrong? Yeah, they, they lost their first, first, two, two,
2: first two, first three out of four, I think.
0: Three out of four, okay. And now they are five and three, and it doesn't even look close. I mean, they came off a, a, a good win this past week, and uh, they just keep on chugging along. They just beat the Buffalo Bills, and they beat the 49ers, which are two true contenders who people – Have said could potentially win it all, and they made light work of those two guys. Um, the Bengals and Joe Burrow's outlook and talent. I mean, right now, I think that that no one wants to face the Bengals in that first round right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, the Bengals are playing like out, man. Like, I'm, I'm, I think we all, we're all three of us, or for including my wife, we're in a pick 'em league. All four of us picked the Bengals to win, which. You know, in a game, many would think is a coin flip, right? Um, You know, so I think that just speaks to what we think of the Bengals. And the Bengals, I'm just glad we finally get a healthy Joe Burrow, you know. um, Him starting the year, we didn't know how this year was going to go. But that team easily, you know, as we've seen before, made it to the championship game. They are a team that could turn it on, that can can compete with any of the teams. Like, if you ask me, I thought, right, the Bills were a favorite to win it all. And the Bengals just easily took care of them
2: yeah like you said i mean it, it looked easy it looked routine and i think that the biggest thing as we've stated before was joe burrow getting healthy you know it's obvious to see at this point he looks much healthier you know i know that they still show some things on the sideline where he was still applying some some heat to that calf uh muscle uh that got strained before the season and all of that but it's obvious and even just seeing his mobility in that game, uh, things that he wasn't able to do as far as movement in the pocket or really just getting on the run um, and getting on the move and picking up some first downs uh, with his legs. And so, you know, obviously they're going to be up there from a contender standpoint. I think that and not to gloss over, I don't want to gloss over the matchup with the Texans because you do see the Texans as a 500 team right now. Um, But I'm really looking at that matchup in two weeks uh, when they face the Baltimore Ravens. I think that that's going to be a good measuring stick for both of those teams to really see where they are uh, as it relates to the AFC, but also, too, as the league in general and where they sit as contenders. So they definitely are rolling right now with winning, I think, it's what, four out of their last five games.
0: Yeah, I mean, you you hit the nail on the head there. I have nothing more to add, but you hit a good point in our transition into other impressive teams, and that is the Houston Texans and what C.J. Stroud is doing. Now, I'm not in the business of bashing rookies because we don't know what they're going to be. And I think it's unfair to bash Bryce in comparison to Stroud because obviously Stroud landed in a better situation than Bryce. But not to take away from Stroud and the records that he's breaking. I mean, he's tied with Tom Brady uh, for a record. And anytime you're tied with Tom Brady uh, for the highest single season pass, touchdown and interception ratio, he has fourteen touchdowns and one pick so far. And my New Orleans, shout out to my New Orleans Saints who gave him their first pick, even though we fumbled it. But that's neither here nor there. We gave him his first pick. Um, CJ Stroud's been very impressive. He doesn't look like a rookie. I've watched a couple Texans game. He looks very, very poised in the pocket. He's making throws. It's not like he's managing the game or a system system type quarterback. He's really making all the throws. Um, I've been really impressed with Stroud. Um, I think that you know when you look at his passing yards this year. And his touchdowns, I mean, he has one of the better rookie seasons of quarterbacks in NFL history. I'm talking about Dan Marino. I'm talking about, you know, you look as of recent Justin Herbert or you look at um, um, even RG3, the rookie year that he had. His campaign so far is on pace with all of those guys, and that's good good um, company to be in. I think that the Texans will be in good hands going forward. I'm confident. I'm sold after nine weeks.
1: Yeah, that's got to be tough for the Panthers to watch, <laughs> you know, even though um, he, he the, the Texans end up beating uh, the Panthers. It's got to be tough for the Panthers to watch C.J. Stroud go off like he is. And he just – he, I think he just changes the whole mindset of the organization. And he said it in his press conference the best way. It's like, you know, winning is what I expect to do. There's no more of this. There's no more of this losing mindset. And so once you say that and you bring it, and as the leader of a team, you say that and – that, that confidence instills into the whole team. I just, I mean, I, the, the dude just looks like nothing rattles him. Man. And that's, like you said, that, that's special as a rookie. That's very special. This is year one. So imagine what year three to five look like in this dude. And, and you know, throwing five touchdowns, he actually won me some money this past weekend on DraftKings. So, I, I, you know, I, I'm a fan too. I'm a fan too. I'm definitely a fan.
2: Yeah, 100 percent. I mean, you know, even pre-draft, taking it back to that time, you know, I've definitely been in the camp for a while that C.J. Stroud was QB1 in this draft and stated several times that if my team, you know, I wanted my Colts to be up there. uh, But had my Colts been there or any team that I'm rooting for and they were sitting at the number one pick, C.J. Stroud is the quarterback that I would have taken. And that's not hindsight or anything of that sort. I was even saying that when C.J. Stroud and Bryce Young were together in college, and I know Bryce Young was the one who ended up winning the Heisman, but I still felt, to me, C.J. Stroud was that guy. You even take it back to his last collegiate game uh, against Georgia, that bonnet defense that most guys struggled against. C.J. Stroud diced Georgia up and had Marvin Harrison Jr. not going down in that game. Ohio State likely beats Georgia and knocks them off so CJ Stroud has been that guy Uh, he's been that guy for years and you're seeing it automatically transfer and translate to the NFL right now and I think that it's something this is not a fluke this is not something that he's catching people off guard in my opinion I really think that this is here to stay with CJ Stroud
0: yeah I agree I also shared that in uh before the NFL draft just you know how good he is. I was a, a strong Stroud fan, and I think, like you said, you know, he, he's here to stay. He's arrived, and I think he's only going to get better. And, you know, uh, Tank Dale, which I like a lot, uh, I think that he's a real talent. I think he's the real deal. And uh, Nico, Nico Collins, Lowe's had him as one of his dark horses in our pre-, uh, uh, pre I'm sorry, pre-fantasy draft coverage. He had, he, he loved Nico Collins, and Nico Collins have not disappointed this year uh, in fantasy. So, you know, these are guys that are. Uh, this is a talent and a core that can be around for a while, and um, they're fun to watch. I think, you know, they, they're even their head coach. Shout out to him. I can't think of his name right now. What's his name? D'Amico Ryan's. D'Amico Ryan's. You know, another linebacker coach, which we'll get to another linebacker coach in a minute. But, you know, you know, he really got the guys rolling, and and you could tell that the, that the guys are really playing for him. You know, I, you know, I'm not strongly uh, supportive of the Houston Texans, but hey, you know, the Texans are, you know, they they got a couple of things right there. So we got to think that they'll continue to build. I know you hate to hear that, huh? <laughs> How, <laughs> you're, very much so. You in division, the division. But, I hate yeah. it. Yeah. So uh, as we look at the NFL outlook, our outscape um, right now, uh, I, I think that the NFL, this is a very fun season that, that is uh, unfolding in front of us. Uh, but what are your thoughts on on shoot um, uh, Josh Josh Allen? We gotta talk about it. I mean, Josh Allen has been very very questionable for some time, and we have to think of it: is this really who he is, or is this a fluke? I mean, he's had he has a pick in five straight games. Uh, is this the Madden curse reemergence? Uh, but you know, the guy he, he hadn't really been that good this year. He's been okay. Um, But we have to think, I mean, the verdict's been out for him for a while. Are we going to solve that this season with who he truly is? Is he a guy that will give you some good games and he's going to, you know, he can make some plays, has a strong arm. But at the end of the day, you know, is it enough to lead your team to a Super Bowl? I mean, they felt falling on their face for, you know, multiple years in the playoffs and, you know, for at least the past three years, they've been Super Bowl favorites. At least I know for a fact the past two years. Um, And then again, this year, people had them as a favorite and it it just looks like they're up and down. I don't think you can really trust this team going forward, but what is your, what is your, what is y'all taste on, or y'all feel on Josh Allen? I think he's going, I think he is who he is. I think he's
1: going to remain inconsistent. Um, He hasn't showed us anything different. Um, He's been inconsistent throughout his career. He has these wild games where he's just like, okay, I can see this guy taking them all the way. Then he has these games where he just kind of doesn't show up. You know, it's 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 highs and lows with him. You know, it's pretty much a roller coaster is what it is with with, with Josh Allen. So, I mean, he's a quarterback, right? You can't let him go, right? You can't get rid of him, right? Because you know what he can bring to the table. Um, and you see the landscape of the, the quarterback position outside of him. But it's also a question you got to ask yourself as an organization. Can he take you all the way? Can he be the guy to win you a championship? And I think we'll find that out over the next couple of years because there's no excuse. The roster is there for them offensively, at least. I know they had some injuries on the defensive side, but offensively there should be no excuse. He has the weapons across the board for him.
2: Yeah, no, I think that y'all covered it. You know, I I certainly agree. I was – Watching the game Sunday night, I was actually watching the game with my sister and we were talking about just the game in general. And I was talking about Josh Allen, particularly as that and just said that, like some days he looks like the best quarterback in the league or a top two or three quarterback in other days or other games. He can look like one of the worst. And then sometimes it all happens within the same game. Um, and it's just it's just the continued inconsistency. It's the consistent inconsistency. Um, That to me will keep him from being that upper echelon of quarterbacks, you know, that we look at when we think about the Patrick Mahomes and when we think about uh, Joe Burrow being up there and those guys like that. And so um, I think it is a little bit troubling and worrisome. But at the end of the day, like, what else really is Buffalo going to do? Like, what kind of replacement or anything like that would they really have? So uh, I think that it limits Buffalo's ceiling to a degree because you know you could see okay if they get on the big stage and if they get in the biggest game uh what if that is one of the moments that he's having you know a Josh Allen-esque uh bad moment and um I think that even when you look at him over the last couple of seasons I mean his interception rate looks even higher this year uh but he threw 14 picks last year he threw 15 picks the year before he's already at nine picks uh as it relates to this season so uh, he's just not a guy that you can fully, fully trust, even though from an eye test you see the promise and the potential
0: there. Yeah, I think yeah, at this point you have to call it for what it is. And, you know, I don't think, you know, the Bills, I mean, who knows? I mean, I think it's up to that. They could very well, well – how tight the the playoff race, they could very well not make the playoffs. I mean, as, as crazy as that sounds at this point in the season, I mean, it's realistic when you're looking at the standing. So we'll see here. Um, but as we move along, it's another team that you know kind of concerns me. You know, you saw the Eagles come, uh, the Eagles come off a win of, off the Cowboys. A very, very close win. It could have went either way. What if Dak didn't step out of bounds? What if that touchdown with uh Jake Ferguson down the stretch was actually ruled a touchdown? I mean, you know, the Eagles have been squeaking by all season, and I know I get it. I, I hear those folks that say, okay, this team is playoff built, this team has is used to facing adversity, but it's been a lot of games where the Eagles have squeaked by, and I've never felt comfortable with them as a okay, quick clear cut Super Bowl favorites, but I've never felt comfortable with them to say that they could run the table or the, the issues that they're having is uh, fixable. But here, when you look at the Eagles at this point in the season, are you, you guys still comfortable with saying that they're the favorite after all these squeak buys, or do we have to kind of? concern ourselves going forward at, at, if you were an Eagles fan for myself
1: I'm not concerned I mean just because um I look at the NFC and I can name maybe three four teams that probably can compete with them you know they're still the number one seed they're still getting these wins they're squeaking by them but that's that's the NFL for me because I believe it's just any given Sunday in the NFL we've seen some of the worst teams beat some of the good teams you know i go back to the cardinals beating the cowboys early in this year i'll go back to the patriots beating the bills this year you know it's just any given sunday and it's literally two or three plays that can make a game that can change the game um any way it goes and, and it's a division game right you look at division games division games are always tight they're always close but that's all i have to say on that
2: yeah i i echo the same kind of sentiment i guess just to kind of clear and clarify too When you talk about like favorites, are you talking about from an NFC standpoint or are you talking about from a league standpoint? Are they the favorite? I say a league standpoint. From a league standpoint. So, I mean, I think that they fit among still the top of the league. I mean, when you look at most teams, you know, I wouldn't say anyone has been particularly dominant. I think that of any team, the most dominant showings that we've probably seen has been the Baltimore Ravens and what they've done to teams um, kind of week in and week out but I think that ultimately when you sit you know at eight and one and when you sit um a beating the team even in the Cowboys that still is a, is a playoff team I don't think that you can take that for granted and I really don't have uh concerns about them ultimately like I still think that if I had to pick right now they would be my pick to come out of the NFC okay
0: sounds good my pick is the Saints to come out the NFC
2: just like that, we would just giving you dead silence <laughs> with it.
0: <laughs> no, but here we go. You 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 spoke on it. I mean, the Baltimore Ravens by far looks like the best team in the NFL right now. Um, I think that Lamar, who is my even you know, preseason MVP pick, is playing on that MVP level. I mean, you're actually really seeing him. Uh, the the change in office coordinator in Baltimore has really made worked as wonders for him. And I mean, I, I don't know what what's left to say about the way Lamar's throwing. I mean, it just looks like he um, has been working on his throwing, and I think that he's an act. Finally, is becoming an accurate passer, and I think he looks comfortable in this offense. Uh, you're seeing a guy that's lingering in the pocket a little longer. He's making all the all of the throws. I mean, he's he's uh, thrown for 19, 1,954 yards, nine touchdowns, to only three picks. QBR sixty two point nine. Uh, he's poised. I'm not seeing a guy who's taking off when things aren't going his way or uh, when he feels like the pocket's breaking down. But, um, I mean, you look at last game that he had, only on through 487 yards, but his team wins 37 to three. Dominant defense. I think that they're a full overall team here. Uh, they didn't beat a, a slouch in the Seahawks like that. They beat 37 to three to Seahawks, who's a pretty decent team in their own right. But here we are, the Ravens. They're looking really, really good. Um, I don't know. You know, with this with this team and you're looking at how they dominate against the Detroit Lions, who's a real true contender, uh, 38 to 6. I, I think that the Ravens are really, really making their plot in the AFC and they're they really dark horse. But man, that AFC North is just a gauntlet.
2: Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. It definitely is a gauntlet. I mean, I think you probably could, I mean, be safe to argue at this point that I would venture to say it's the best division in football at this point. Um, I mean, when you look at the fact of what we already talked about in covering the Bengals, uh, the Steelers have been, to me, underrated this season. Oh, I know that they goodness, haven't. Bro. It's like they, it, it's yeah, weird because so they haven't, man. they haven't looked great, but they just find win, a way to win. Like, win. <laughs> like, yeah. And yeah. then we, we know that the the Cleveland Browns have just been like kind of spoilers throughout the course of the season and, and And winning games that, you know, people wouldn't think that they would win even when they're facing the whole Deshaun Watson situation and things of that sort. So uh, that definitely is a gauntlet. And that's why I'm very intrigued to see how these upcoming games are going to be when you start seeing them face off with each other. And you do see, you know, like I talked about that Cincinnati and Baltimore matchup. You do see that Cincinnati and Pittsburgh matchup coming up like you have some intriguing games that are coming up in that division.
1: Yeah, I mean, just to talk about the Browns, man, like they have been a team that's been mentioned to Sean Watson for three, four games this year, had they backup come in and play well and stay afloat at five and three, which is impressive. I mean, you look at their defense, they're a team that a lot of people are not talking about, but they're still continue to win. Um, I, I'm just keeping a close eye on them. I hope Deshaun is fully recovered from his shoulder injury because. Their team that they have the pieces. It's unfortunate what happened to Chubb, obviously, um, going into this year because who knows what their record will be like. We arguably the best running back in the league, um, but they still continue to win, losing their starting running back, their starting quarterback for most of this this season. I'm just really keeping an eye on that team that's kind of floating under the radar.
0: I agree. I agree, fellas. Well, as we do it, you know, we move on to fantasy football. Uh, we usually talk about waiver wire picks. Uh, Do you guys have any waiver-wide picks? If not, we'll move on to some potential buy candidates uh, with fantasy football week, uh, fantasy trade deadline coming up after this week.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll just throw a cup out there. Obviously, we, we had the big explosion week from C.J. Shroud. We obviously – he's probably the number one quarterback with the quarterback position hurting. He's probably not available in most leagues, but he may be available in your league. He's a guy that at this point in the season that I'm looking at spinning up spinning that fab on or spinning one of those top waiver wires on. On um, Another guy I would be looking at is Josh Dobbs. or go back to the quarterback position, a guy that, you know, he's probably has the start position going forward. That got, just got traded for this past Tuesday, a week ago, um, and came in and won the game. So what he does with his legs, we've seen him do it with the Cardinals, Special. so you can't beat that when a quarterback's giving you rushing yards and uh throwing yards and so now he's going to get acclimated to the offense I'm really interested to see how he does finishing the year and see if Jefferson comes back get his top weapon back so you got to look at those guys um going forward uh
2: I think that you you nailed it Josh Diazos was going to be the name that I was going to mention um so I think that kind of mine maybe rests there I think the other name that obviously People are going to be looking to that's floating, of course, is Keaton Mitchell and uh, what he did this past Sunday uh, when he came in. I mean, some of his yards.
0: Chill out, man. I got Gus the Buzz, man. Gus the Buzz, bro.
2: Yeah. I mean, what I will say and and just acknowledging to the listeners is that, you know, a good bit of his yards to me did come in garbage time. So I think that you have to acknowledge that. I think that people are going to look at the final stat line and see how many points that he scored, uh, but not think about the game situation. So I think that you do have to kind of think about that and monitor it. But I do think that he's going to be a name that's going
0: to be popular on the waiver wire. Hey, man, y'all covered it. Good job. I mean, as week to week go by, I mean pretty much waivers kind of dry start to dry up a little bit unless there's some type of major injury that may change the scope. But, you know, I know in our league, it's pretty much nothing on the on the waivers. But um, yeah, so we'll jump into some buy first candidates. So yeah, when I think about buys,
1: I think about somebody like Tony Pollard, right? He's a guy that was going into this year was high on everybody's board who we thought could finish as a number one running back easily with Zeke leaving and he's been a guy that has only have one touchdown to his name just to this whole year but you know their their schedule eases up um towards especially in the fantasy playoffs um he's a guy that I in the league if you don't have him that I'll definitely be targeting to see if you can possibly buy him low because his 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 numbers haven't been what we thought it would be especially for a number one running back we've seen a lot of guys take over that number one Job and just kind of not be it, you know. It's a little different when you come in and be the change of pace back, and you get an tired defense. But when you get in the first defense and playing them every time, um, and every week, it's a little bit different. And we haven't seen that explosion that we seen in previous years. You know, we can probably chalk it up to maybe the injury. You know, he's he he did have a a season ending injury last year that he's still trying to really recover from. That sometimes it takes a full year to get over those type of injuries. Um, so. He's a guy, again, though, I, I I still would target. I still would try to put on my roster, especially if you can buy him and buy him low at this point.
2: Yeah, no, I think that that's definitely a good pick, a definitely a good option. Um, a guy that I'm thinking about uh, potentially targeting and looking at as a buy low candidate to me is uh, DJ Moore. And uh, DJ Moore to me is a buy low candidate because – you know, obviously, since the injury to Justin Fields, uh, his production has tapered off. And so it makes his, you know, basically his uh, what am I trying to say? Stock has been lowered and his value has seemed to lower. Uh, but we do know that Justin Fields is going to be coming back soon. You know, whether that ends up being this week or probably next week at the latest. And we saw that rapport that was being established with Justin Fields um, and how that was picking up. I mean, you look at performances where he had week 2 16.4 points we look at week 4 the boom of 27.1 week 5 that was followed up by a 52 point performance uh so we were really seeing that he was becoming really that uh number one option that Justin Fields was locking in on uh consistently and so i think that uh when we see Justin Fields come back we can see DJ Moore's value begin to rise and so i think that he's a guy that maybe you can target as a buy low candidate right now and try to get him wise His price is as low as it's going to be.
0: Yeah, maybe with the emergence of Keaton Mitchell this past week, maybe you catch somebody snoozing and maybe you buy Gus, you know, or maybe you can sell Gus high as well. I think he's a buy high, sell high uh, candidate. But, you know, (laughs) Lowe's giving me that look (laughs) just because... (laughs) He made a trade with me for Gus. Hey, but, man, I'm sick of you, bro. This podcast, <laughs> man. We might have to cut this podcast off, bro. What, you know, the, man, shots, man. the
1: shots with the Rams in the beginning. You finagled me out of Gus, who's been going off for like five touchdowns the last couple weeks, man. I just don't know what's going on, man. It's just, yeah, five, it's been a tough five, year, okay?
0: <laughs> five touchdowns in the past three games. I mean, Gus is, is really moving. Um, I think they're changing in the offense with Baltimore. They're not relying on Lamar down in the in the red zone. That's that was the concern with Baltimore Ravens running backs in past previous seasons is that, you know, Lamar would, would would really vulture those touchdowns. But they've been relying on Gus and, you know, and they've been sticking to trying to keep Lamar healthy. Um, but I think Gus is a good candidate. I think this is sustainable. But I think more so with the Keith Mitchell emergence that may make uh, Gus um, Edwards owners a little nervous about will they cut into his share? Um, But I say, hey, look, if you're able to get Gus for a small deal uh, for for a starter or, you know, if you need some help at running back uh, at this stretch of the season, I think Gus is a good buy low candidate. I think you can make a good deal for him. Most people are not going to ask for much for him. And I think that that's a good candidate for you to buy at this point.
2: Yeah, no, I certainly agree with that. I think if I were to throw uh, one more out there as well, too. I think that a guy that you could potentially target uh, whose value has maybe been lowered a little bit as the season has gone on, but he's had two recent good weeks. Um, I look at a guy like Devontae Smith, and uh, I mentioned Devontae Smith because obviously started off the season well, and then, of course, once A.J. Brown kind of had his fit about getting targeted, then all of the targets have seemed to go to A.J. Brown. Uh, But one of the biggest things that has happened, and unfortunately for the Eagles – is uh, towards the end of that game, Dallas Goddard getting hurt um, and them looking like likely he's – I don't know if he's had surgery or they're saying that he's likely to have surgery, I think, at this point. Yeah, they they, Um, think
0: that,
2: yeah. Yeah, and so that means that he's going to miss some sustained time. Uh, They're looking at him to be an IR candidate. And so that opens up targets in that offense. And so, you know, I think that right now, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith could both be supported in that offense and potentially be wide receiver one. So uh, he's a guy that I would potentially look to target.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I got Devontae in one of my leagues. I'm holding on. I'm I'm riding away personally. But I think that that's a good a good one. A lot of people are not going to have that type of patience uh, when, when it comes to Devontae and what they expected him to uh, to be this season. Uh, what about Deontay Johnson? You know, Deontay Johnson's off injury. You know, he's flying on the radar, but he's had two solid weeks off injury. Um, the tire, the t- the targets have um uh, magnetically gravitated to him since he's been back. Um, I'm not too thrilled about Pittsburgh's offense, but you know, to Ramon's point and you know our point collectively is that they just find a way to win, and you know, real life doesn't correlate always correlate to fantasy. Deontay is performing at a, at a borderline where I receive a two level flex level. Um, but his ceiling is wide receiver one. So, I mean, if you can snag him before the deadline or come up with a deal for him, I would go get Deontay Johnson, also one of my favorite fantasy receivers. Um, as Lowe uh, sniped him in every league uh, in the draft this season. So, I don't want to hear anything about the trades that we made this this year. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, wait, I'll just I, say,
1: wait, I'll just say before <laughs> you move on, my brother, I'll just say you're two and zero with trades when it comes to me this year. What are you talking but about? Two and zero. That's just for the listeners. You're two and O. Can you ask some context to these trades? Yes. So trade? first trade this year was Zay Flowers for Antonio Gibson with you getting Zay Flowers and me getting Antonio Gibson, who is a waiver wire ad <laughs> at this point, bench stash, hoping that he shows up. So Zay <laughs> Flowers and every week starter. And then I, I I sold, for whatever reason, got rid of Gus <laughs> the Bust, the guy we just been talking up, for uh maybe 28 fab dollars. I don't know why I even did that. <laughs> it would have been the smash hit RB1 the last two or three weeks. So, again, don't hit my line for a trade for the rest of this
0: week That's, and next year. <laughs> to add some context to it, at the time, that was like week two, and Antonio Gibson – in that offense with Eric I really did believe Antonio Gibson was going to be a thing with his pass-catching ability historically, first of all. And then Gus, I mean, at the time we made the trade, Gus was like five, six fantasy points. I just needed a running back to get me through the week because all my running backs were either injured or on a bye, and he just turned out the spark. I mean, come on, man. That's hey, If the listeners
1: goes. need somebody to negotiate a trade, hit up this <laughs> man. Hit up this man and his reasoning. That sounded great. That's exactly what he told me, and it felt good. I was just like, you know what? You're right. You just need to get by this week, you know? <laughs> Ramon, how are you man. just going to step aside and let
0: him make these accusations towards me and not say nothing?
2: I'm, I'm just chilling, bro. I'm just chilling. <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's said, between y'all. Less is more, man. Less is Says more. There's Ramon on Ramon Trey, he's the one of us. <laughs> I haven't made a trade with Lam- Ramon since 2014 when I tra- when he swindled me out of Odell Beckham. Wow, oh, he's got Odell there, wow. Wow.
2: Nah, We we've gotten to the one yard line a couple of times. I got into the one yard line with both of y'all, uh, just hadn't crossed the goal line.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: That's a perfect. I
0: actually,
2: yeah, no, I actually kind of regret a little bit. I'm I'm gonna be honest. I regret a little bit. uh, Speak on it. Our preseason deal that I did not accept from Lowe's I I do Um, have.
1: What was the deal? Speak on it.
2: Uh, It. I mean, it was a couple iterations of it. It was a couple.
1: (laughs) What was the best deal?
2: The best deal was. uh, It was Nico Collins.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Two first round picks. Oh my god. And I think, um, uh, was it Tyler Algier in there too? Algier. Yeah. For
0: one player. And was this in a dynasty, right? Dynasty.
2: This
1: is a dynasty league. One player. And he would not budge on Michael. Who? Believe Na- I believe it. Hey.
0: Who was it for?
2: Hey, put Smith. Put Devontae it Smith. It's going oh to sound bad right now. <laughs>
0: It's gonna that? sound bad right now? Oh my hey, god! Man. Who is it for? Oh but, my god! <laughs> who is it for?
2: But, Devontae Smith. Hey, but preseason, you got oh, to think, think about it. You got to think about preseason wise. You got to think about this. Now, Lowe's <laughs> was willing to give it up, so that's that means what he thought about Devontae as well too. I was really high on Devontae coming into this year. I really personally, I and I thought that it was paying off the first two weeks of the season. I felt that Devontae could be wide receiver one in that offense. I really did feel that that could be that way, and I think that honestly, if AJ Brown had not complained like he did in week what that was two or three, where he cried about his targets, and then now all of a sudden that's the only player that that Jalen Hurts tends to see now. Um, but but that was that was the reason, and I was weak at receiver heading into the season. Like I didn't think that Adam Thielen was gonna have a resurgence and payoff. So. Uh, That was also you
0: talk about this.
2: Yeah, that was also (laughs) pre uh, me going and getting Calvin Ridley. My receivers, my wide receiver three to put it in context. My wide receiver three was Brandon Cooks heading into the season.
1: That's when I knew when he didn't accept that deal. I was like, we never gonna do a deal.
0: Like, a deal is not going to happen with this yeah, man. If I can just throw the kitchen sink. Two first round picks. That was pretty crazy. I
2: almost, I I almost <laughs> accept it. I almost accept it. My, my piece and my reasoning as well, too, is that I'm a known commodity guy over drive picks guy. I'm a known commodity. So I felt, and what I was thinking with Devontae and the way that I was grading them out I felt that Devontae was taking that leap this year and so that's Mm -hmm. what I was going off because when I looked at if you go back and look at our last couple of drafts and know we didn't turn this into something different if you go back and look at our last couple of uh of drafts and you look towards the back end of that first round it's been several busts at the back end of that first round like once you get past like pick eight you've seen your Sky Moores of the world and you've seen your
1: I got Gary Wilson I'm late, bro. Yeah,
2: but you got you got him. I said once you get past pick eight. Look, Oh, was I, got, I got Tank,
0: Tank Dell in the third round,
2: though. Yeah, but I'm saying, I'm saying, <laughs> as far as what's been falling in that first round pick, I'm telling you, go look at our league. We might have to pull it up for the listeners. Go look <laughs> hey, at the last next year. Hey, we we have to make mistakes,
1: mug.
0: <laughs> go look <laughs> at the I last. Say, yeah, I agree gracious. with you.
1: I agree with you. But next year is supposed to be a historical draft as far as talent coming out right as far as the running back position quarterback position and wide receiver position so you I'm just saying no you know, no hey, hey,
2: hey. hey I admit I took the L on the, on the trade I did take the L and not accepting it I was just explaining you know the whole general sense your
0: logic during yep. that time I got right. it. I would have took that it. two first round picks I don't know man I but you
2: got to think about it that means that both of us value Devontae Smith you gotta think about it. Both of I us got. I
0: wouldn't dare
1: think about that deal today. I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: Look, man, that's good, man. I mean, that's a good segment. You know the deals we didn't take or the deals we took. Uh, but yeah, fellas, let's wrap it up here, man. We got NBA revving up. Uh, the NC in season tournament. I think the NBA season is too young to really uh talk about what's what. But I will say something I've noticed, and you guys can speak on it too. It's just the competition level amongst this league. You know, I've watched several NBA games, including my Lakers, man. These guys are playing and they're competing. uh, And even outside of the in-season tournament, uh, it's been great to see. I don't know what's been the, what's the theory behind it, but we'll see if it continues. But I have really been enjoying the the competition that's been going on in the NBA so far.
2: Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think that ultimately when you look at it, it's just the parity that's in the league now. Like I think that we're looking at one of the most talented versions, you know, and talent-rich versions of the NBA that we've ever seen. Um and it's it's just throughout the league. You know, you have your obviously your contenders that are your tier 1 teams and your elite teams, but there's just so much talent throughout, you know, that even makes it fun for an NBA fan that Really, even from let's just say an NBA league pass standpoint, you can watch, you know, pretty much any game at any point, and it's going to be competitive or have at least some star power to it, or a name that you do recognize, um, and things of that sort. So I think it's just the kind of hats off to, uh, where the talent level is in the league at this point, and that's basically what I attribute it to. You know,
1: I mean. As a Lakers fan, it sucks, right? And I know, I'm not going to make this a Lakers pie. That's We should probably coin that term. But it's like, I remember the days where I used to watch the league, right? And I'd be like, okay, cool. We at least got an easy win right here playing the Magic, right? We at least got the easy win right here playing Houston, right? Like those days are gone, right? Any given, like we talk about any given Sunday, it's any given day in the NBA that a team can show up and beat us you know I don't know if that speaks to the Lakers but I don't know if that speaks to the talent and I would say it speaks to the talent around the league there's no given wins now and I miss those days as a Lakers fan relaxing and seeing us cruise to a win um you know and again that just speaks to the talent of the the league right now
0: yep yeah, I agree there's not a lack of talent in the league and you know I've been enjoying it um I think that you know, with this in-season tournament, it looks pretty cool. I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. Uh, but, yeah, I, I enjoy NBA. I enjoy players. You know, we'll see how many games guys play and, and this, that, and the sort. But it's just too too young to really call it right now. But that's one thing I thought was cool to talk about and one thing I've noticed so far. But um, let's go ahead and wrap it up, fellas. We've done it again. Thank you for rocking with us, those that has listened, for this part of the podcast. This is the point where I'll shout out our socials, Oh, underscore Benchwomers, On Twitter and Instagram, Uh, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast on wherever you like to listen to your podcast at. And, you know, until next time, check us out. We out of here.
1: Later.